while your day is winding down, they're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day, from local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard, to listen, and where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. is how you get the program. Biden's yucking it up. Like I said, these things never start on time. They never do. They never start on time. I'm going to watch it later because I have to. Uh, it's my job. But I frankly think these things are kind of a waste of time. Um, uh, and I don't know if you, like, you know, you. I don't think you have to watch it. But here's some important information. If... Remember, we were ta- we've been talking about the designated survivor, right? And so the designated survivor is Secretary of Labor and former mayor of Boston, Mr. Marty Walsh. So last year it was a New Englander. It was Gina Raimondo, the former governor of Rhode Island. This year it's a New Englander. It's the former Boston mayor, Marty Walsh. I, that, that actually kind of makes sense to me because Marty Walsh is likely on his way out. So the designated survivor for people who do not know is somebody who um, basically the designated survivor for people who don't know is somebody in the president's cabinet who they sequester or who they yeah they, who they sequester and keep away from the meeting, uh, keep away from the, the Capitol building and put in a secure location because... Everybody who is anybody in D.C. politics is currently at the State of the Union. All of the members of Congress, everybody in the presidential line of succession, the federal government, are all in are all in um, are all in the Capitol building. They're all literally in one place. Now, that place obviously is probably pretty secure, but but if something were to happen. And like I said, not everybody in the build, but everybody in the front row, basically. If everybody in the front row were to eat it, basically, um, then that person in the cabinet, per the line of succession, would be the president of the United States. So, um, so... kind of feel attacked as a New Englander. <laughs> it's keeping two New Englanders out of the State of the Union two years in a row. But Marty Walsh, it makes sense actually because Marty Walsh right now, Marty Walsh is the mayor of Boston. He was a state rep 
um, before he was mayor of Boston. He ran in that open seat election back in 2013 when Tom Menino, Mayor Tom Menino retired. Tom Menino was obviously mayor for like 20 some odd years in the early 90s. Tom Menino was Senate, uh, was city council president. And then what's his name? That mayor law left and ended up becoming ambassador to the Vatican. I God, I can't believe I forgot his name. But anyway, not really important. But uh, Marty Walsh was the, mayor of Bo- was the mayor of Boston. He was a state rep before he was mayor of Boston. He made his bones in politics as a, uh, a union leader. Um, he, was, he was a laborer, I believe, in the um, electrical uh, workers union. Um, he was a laborer. He was a labor union leader. Um, he became mayor of Boston. He was well-connected in Demo- national Democratic Party politics, and he uh, was, like, good friends with the Clintons. And he was widely considered to, you know, everybody was pretty much expecting Marty Walsh to be the labor secretary pick, which made sense because he, you know, made his bones as a labor leader, a labor organizer. And so he did become the secretary of labor uh, shortly into Biden's term. Now there's, you know, there was some talk. I think he wanted to run for governor. We talked a little bit about that yesterday. He wanted to run for governor. Um, he had made it public that he wanted to run for governor, uh, but he had backed off pretty much when Healy had jumped in. He had, you know, hinted at it a little bit, but said he wasn't going to. Um, he would obviously have been a very strong gubernatorial candidate if he did decide to run, but he had already just taken his secretary of, the, uh, of labor job too, so it wasn't really, it wasn't, it wasn't a realistic, um, it wasn't a realistic, uh, um, wasn't really in the cards for him. But now Marty Walsh is it makes sense because him not being there because he is probably going to leave. Marty Walsh is going to take a job with the he's eventually going to take a job with uh with the NHL um NHL uh, as the head of the Players Association. So he's going to lead the labor side. He's going to be, he's going to lead the labor side of the negotiations on with the NHL. Because every, you know, obviously every sports organization, if you didn't know, has their own labor union. The NFLPA, the NBA has their own players uh, 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 association. The NHL does too. I typically say those are the strongest labor unions in the country, obviously, um, because uh, just because the tremendous amount of power and, and uh, accumulated wealth there is between all of them, <laughs> frankly. Um, but so Marty Walsh looks like he's going to take that job. It's going to be a like 15, you know, a 15 time multiplier of his paycheck. Uh, I think he makes like $200,000 a year now as the secretary of labor, which isn't bad, but he's going to make a few million a year as the head of the NFL PA. I mean, NFL, NHL, the NHL PA, which could segue him back into politics. I think there's a lot of organizations and, and I mean, a lot of, uh, I think a lot of good hockey, a lot of, a lot of hockey teams concentrated in areas that 
they need to he needs to win maybe some donor uh, that you need to win for a national campaign maybe some donor bases he can tap into but he might get back into politics or he just might be a sports guy but he's the designated survivor for tonight uh, the designated survivor used to be a little bit more relaxed it used to be something that was a bit more enjoyable um, but ever since nine eleven uh, they have taken the designated survivor and put them somewhere actually I remember. Um, the I was reading something today in Politico about how, you know, sometimes they'd actually take, like, into account, well, what if something really did happen, right? I don't think they do that anymore. I think they just take someone who's who's going to be featured the least or someone that they could give up. Like, they're never going to, they're never going to probably make the attorney general or the secretary of state the designated survivor because then that would mean... You know they wouldn't be able to. The camera wouldn't be able to pan over to them. There's, there's, you know, that's that's the front end of a lot of a lot of big po- uh, political policies, foreign policy and criminal justice and all of that. But, um, but, uh, I guess what they do is they put you somewhere secure. They serve you a pretty good meal, and then you, know, you just got to wait it out. Uh, there was a, a, a funny story about prior to nine eleven, and, and actually, uh. Bush, I think, made one t- one time did make Alberto Gomez his uh, attorney general, the designated survivor, because uh, they said they wanted someone with some decent foreign policy experience, I guess. But um, a funny story about designated survivor that I read in Politico: Bill Clinton, uh, some somebody who was Bill Clinton's designated survivor, he was <laughs> he was he went to he was in Palm Beach. It, he was totally. It wasn't as it was pre nine eleven, so it was totally like it was not as secure as it is now. So he just went to his friend's house and like what he went out to dinner um, in West Palm Beach. Then he went to his friend's house to watch the State of the Union, and then as soon, literally as soon as the State of the Union ended, and as soon as uh, the president left, the Secret Service rolled out. <laughs> the Secret Service rolled out and left the guy there. He had. <laughs> He had to get a he had to get a ride home. <laughs> so um, so yeah, that's Marty Walsh's designated survivor tonight uh, for the State of the Union address. State of the Union address has, uh, I think, a pretty interesting history. I, I frankly think it's you know it's pageantry, which I mean, there's a lot of pageantry in politics, but this is like the pinnacle of political pageantry. I mean, it's a lot of. It, I don't I don't know how productive it is. I guess it does spell out the president's agenda for the next term, right? It tells everybody, you know, what he wants to do, not necessarily how he wants to do it. But what it used to be is basically it used to be called the annual message. Um, it was the annual it was the annual message from 1790 to 1946. It didn't become the State of the Union until FDR, basically. FDR was seen as kind of like the first very early iteration of a quote-unquote social media uh, president, right? He's the one that really started to use media to connect with people in a way that other other, um, presidential administrations didn't. And then, you know, there was an evolving – there obviously was an evolving – media was starting to evolve in a way that it hadn't before – there was the advent of video. There was 
the radio, right? Radio became a lot bigger, so he used to do his fireside chats. And so I believe he broadcasted the first State of the Union uh, ever, and he did it in the uh, in the radio. Um, I believe it was JFK who did the first ever televised. Oh, it was actually the first. Okay, so the um, the first televised was was Lyndon Johnson in 1965. Uh, the first television of evening delivery message. The first television broadcast uh, was Harry Truman, but the first te- televi- uh, televised evening delivery, the message was Lyndon Johnson. So that was really in the mid-60s, like the advent of how the State of the Union became what it was today. It used to just be called the annual message. Um, it was written for uh, for a time i think up until the early 1900s or around when whenever woodrow wilson became president so basically 1911 1912 that's when it started to become an in person uh in person uh, uh, address again but it was still called the annual message until it became called the state of the union address um so that is you know it's kind of you know every they all everybody gets a guest now uh you know you heard congressman harkenclaus talk about his guests it's also a way for presidents to showcase people um for cheap to score cheap political points i know tyree nichols family is there and obviously the conversation surrounding tyree nichols is very very important um some people may call that exploitative uh and i think there's a good argument to be to be had that it is exploitative um, of Tyree Nichols' family because how do you turn down an invitation from the president of the United States? But having said that, you know, Tyree's death did take on uh, Tyree Nichols' death at the hands of those five Memphis police officers did spark a national conversation. So it does seem, it does seem, um, I think, important to have that message there. Uh, to talk about that i think it would be irresponsible for him not to talk about that i think there's just some criticism around him inviting the nichols family to the um to the uh to the state of the union to basically just like show them off um i don't know what his message is going to be surrounding criminal justice reform he's been kind of i think pretty cool on that uh he hasn't really been i mean there hasn't been a lot done in that way at the federal level anyway so but we're going to take a break. 508-996-0500. The South Coast Tonight, I'm Marcus. Um, 508-996-0500 so you can get on the program this evening. Also taking your message on the WBSM app chat. You know, I think a lot of what you're going to hear uh, from the Biden administration is talking about how the economy is going, is rebounding, right? It's on an upward trajectory, which it is. I mean, it's a that's a statistically a demonstrative fact uh there's the lowest unemployment since richard nixon right since 1969 u.s has had the lowest unemployment rate since 1969 inflation has declined has decreased um has decreased since uh you know in the last year or so um and there has been i think some major legislatively I think Biden's been one of the better legislatively Biden's been one of the better presidents that we've um that we've had frankly 
some of the stuff, I mean, legislatively, I mean, Obama had the Affordable Care Act, which, you know, was a major health care reform. One of the most major, you know, probably one of the most major health care reforms, um, you know, what like the, the biggest health care reform in 50 years. Right. But I think a lot of what Biden's done is a bit more, I think, a bit bolder um, in a lot of ways. You know, I think he's been willing to like you think about it where we are now. In 2009, Obama passed his two big bills. He had two major legis well three, uh I'll say three, but two major major legislative accomplishments. One is the Affordable Care Act. Two is the uh quote-unquote stimulus bill. That was the bill that he that was the bill that uh, they passed um, in 2000. They needed like three, I think, Republican votes for that stimulus bill. And they ended up getting it. Three really like, Republican senators. But the reason the, the Republican senators could only vote for it if it was under a trillion dollars. Like just some like random arbitrary thing like that. So he ended up pa- uh, so it ended up passing. But it was, I think, a, a total of $800 billion, which really is like the amount of the bipartisan infrastructure bill and a lot less than like even a fraction of what Trump spent um, in the COVID relief legislation that he had passed, he had helped pass in 2020 with uh, the Nancy Pelosi and, and Mitch McConnell, um, you know, to sort of, sort of, you know, recover from COVID. Biden's done the, you know, ARPA, the $1.9 trillion spending bill and the bipartisan infrastructure bill. So he's got to be talking about some of the victories that are going to come from that. Um, you know, what, what's important to bring up in the just locally about the bipartisan infrastructure bill, there was, you know, one point eight billion in, or there's like a billion in funding that's available for there's a billion in funding that's available for um, for bridge repair. Uh, you know, we talked about this. A lot. We've been talking about this throughout the, um, you know, throughout the since the story had broken. But we had Congressman Keating on on Friday and he had. Basically, you know, so there was he got a lot of I think he got a lot of flack in the media because the funding for the Cape Cod bridges, which is in his district, uh, didn't go through. And the people a lot of people said, oh, he couldn't get the funding and all of that. I think he explained pretty well uh, the situation around that. I mean, I thought I initially thought that, too, to be fair. I was like, well, that seems like a whiff by Keating. And I like Keating. Um. Uh, I thought it, I thought that too. It looked bad. It looked bad for him, but, um, I thought he made the argument pretty clear. He, you know, they appropriated the money, right? And so he said, we, you know, basically we grow the orchard, right? We plant the trees, but the people who've got to pick the fruit are in this case, the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, which was Charlie Baker and Karen Polito. Um, they're the, you know, their government and, the um the federal government the army corps of engineers and they couldn't come together on a design plan that worked he said the the application that massachusetts had filed was not competitive and was not going to work he said it's not the case that massachusetts lost out on bridge funding there is he said he actually said we will get bridge funding he actually did say that um he said we will get bridge funding so um, I think it's, I mean, 
I think that was worth noting. Uh, again, I thought the same thing. I was like, well, it sounds like he really whiffed on that. But it turns out, I, I you know, Warren had the same rationalization, I think. And I think it turned out that that was ended up being the I think that ended up being the case, and he said that would probably get done sometime around like 2031, so we're probably about a decade decade away from that anyway. 508-996-0500, good evening. Yeah, watching OTR on that uh, this weekend. Yeah, they put the blame on Charlie Baker because mm-hmm. he's going out the door, so why not put the blame on that he didn't get the design flaws out of the bridge and everything like that. But, uh, you know, I, I don't blame Keating at all. We, we've got a big... Uh, you know, Democratic state here, and all of the, dis- the Democrat delegation should have been at Joe Biden's door saying, hey, we need this bridge to be fixed. Yeah. While I was listening to you, and while you went off of a, for, uh, what do you call it, uh, commercials there, uh, they he mentioned the bridge that they're fixing, I guess it's from Ohio to Pennsylvania, or from Ohio to, uh, to West Virginia, and he said that the bridge is a major contributor to a lot of uh, trans, uh, uh, transportation and money and stuff like that that goes across that bridge. The bridge hasn't been fixed, he said, in 60 years. Yeah. Well, we got one down a Cape that may not produce all the, you know, uh, money for the country like that bridge does. I think it's a train bridge too, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we've got one that hasn't been fixed for a hundred years, basically. Yeah. You know, so uh, to me, I think uh, the Massachusetts, the entire delegation. Mara Healy's up there sitting with what's his name, Richard Clark, is it? No, no, it's Richard. What? Neil. Uh, Neil. Okay, she's up there sitting with him. Uh, you know that sort of stuff. Hey, to me, they all got slapped, okay, and they should be at his door, all of them pounding at his door. I don't blame Keating entirely. This whole Democratic delegation should have held uh, Biden's foot to the fire for that because that's a safety issue out there, and it would be a big economic generator for uh, the state of Massachusetts. Well, they also mentioned in OTR that the bridge until May is going to be reduced to basically like a single lane on each side. Because of work they're doing well, again, on it, uh, you know, that's going to be that's, that's, I, that's untenable. To me, I just want to see something get going down there. And yeah. again, with the Democratic clout we're supposed to have in this state, you know, uh, to me, there's, there's no reason why they should have been cast aside, left out, uh, you know, not have yeah. to, you know, have the thing not get started. That design flaw thing. That's well, then get it right. Get the get the right design. How many design flaws were in the the big dig? You know? Well, like I said, I, th- I think the the big dig might have been a, uh, you know, yeah, it was might have been a O'Neill. reason why they're, they're a little bit more thorough in handing out those those infrastructure. Well, it was, it was Tip O'Neill. It was a jobs program. Let's face it, that's mm-hmm. what they had there. They yeah. could continue jobs going there. So the, you know, this comes down to politics, and really, Joe Biden slapped this state in the face, as far as I'm concerned, with that. With all the opportunity that's been given out, and Massachusetts doesn't get anything, yeah. anything. Come on. Well, I mean, they don't get anything for the bridges. I think Massachusetts got a lot of ARPA money. Well, I mean, that's a big project in yeah. this state. Let's no, I it. agree. You know, and uh, I, you know, again, it's the whole Massachusetts delegation should be uh, up on their hind legs and and growling and getting mad at this guy. They don't have to do it in public. They can do it behind closed doors. Yeah. Uh, but say, hey, what the heck, you know? And uh, again, you know. I, I would just hope that uh, in the near future, like I told you, we need a, a, a young political messiah. You didn't live and see the Kennedy era, and, you know, uh, that, that's what Kennedy seemed like. He was a young man uh, for the presidency. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. some historians say he didn't get much done and all came after 
he was killed and, you know, well, Linda Johnson did it. But it was his vision, though. Impression, and impressions do lead to reality well, well, if we're moving forward. Well, well Johnson, Johnson, what Johnson did was Johnson's, Johnson's great society was... Yeah. Uh, his legislation was Kennedy's vision. Yeah, but he was able to move it, and Kennedy wasn't. You know, yeah, sort of exactly. Kennedy was going down to Texas there because he was trying to mend political fences with the uh, conservative Democrats down mm-hmm. there for the next election. That's why he went down there. But, uh, no, I, 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 I just can't see Massachusetts not getting any of that money at, at, for, the, uh, for the bridges down there. It's a safety issue, you know. Yeah. And I don't know, I don't know if it was on your show or another show. They were talking about uh, uh, maybe, uh, you know, Keeping two bridges up and then putting. Well, what Keating said was what what the this is the this is how it's supposed to go. They're going to put two bridges inside those two bridges. Yeah. That's we're going to build those new ones. Yeah. Then they're going to knock those other the old bridges down yeah. and build two to new bridges. Yeah. So yeah. it's basically the project. So it's going to be four bridges total, yeah. I think, yeah. for the Cape. Well, if they could do something too with the state, put in some money to decide once they get off the bridges and get in the in the, in the Cape instead of going on that uh, rotary thing, maybe yeah. they could divert traffic to go where you want to go down at the uh, down on the Cape. Well, that's what I'm road. still trying to figure out, and I, I think if we had more time, maybe we will next time. Uh, I wanted to figure out like the like how is that going to work for like highway the because the highway infrastructure. Like the road infrastructure on the Cape is is antiquated, <laughs> to say the least. And I I guess that's <laughs> I said I, I guess say that's, it. What the heck? that's no, part of their I guess that's part of their like thing. They want to make it like you know. It's from Patty Page. If you spend an evening in old Cape Cod, you know, like that sort of. Yeah, stuff. yeah. So yeah. everything's like not really access that accessible or far away. Yeah. So I wonder if if they're all merging onto if there's four bridges still merging onto two central highways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> What the I, net benefits going to be? Again, people who are into that and into design and all that stuff have a far better ability to figure that out than you and I, Marcus. Let's mm-hmm. face it, you know. And I'm sure something could be uh, worked out if they put their minds to it. But it, to me, it's it's just a, a terrific fumble. It, yeah. And to me, now they're like the Patriots at that game that they just had to hold on to the ball and take a knee, uh, flipping the ball to each other as they're running down the field, and then all of a sudden somebody gets the ball and they've lost it. You know that sort of stuff. Well, here's the thing. I think. I think. Yeah. Exactly. I think that the the, the Keating, Warren, and Markey are the ones that got the brunt of the of the uh, of the of the, the the criticism for this. So I think going forward, they're going to be a little bit more intimately involved in this process than they were before because well, they don't want to they don't want to catch that heat again. I would hope they go see him now, and even not, not only Keating, but the well, it's not even going see to see Biden to make sure that the state crosses their T's and dots their eyes. I'd, I'd go as as a whole delegation. The, the, the gentleman that from Western Massachusetts, you mentioned him his name before, Richard. Neil. Neil, he should have been in on this too. It's going to help the whole state. Yeah. Uh, oh, the lady Clark did. It's supposed to be the uh, Catherine Clark. Catherine Clark, the second speaker. Now you got some some names there. You, you yeah. know, we're not talking about uh, you know uh, you know somebody with no names. You got some supposedly people in there that have some umfola yeah. to get this stuff done. And 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 where were they? Where right. were they? You know, again, they look like the Patriots going down the field and, 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 you know, passing the ball when they shouldn't have just taken a knee. You know, I I have the, I think everybody's just basically, it's like they're, you know, the way they they see it is they've got their own district and that's. Well, this is Massachusetts though. And and again, it might be their own district, but again, 
that CAPE can generate some money uh, for the state during the uh, uh, the uh, vacation period. There's a lot of people that go down there uh, as far as New York and Connecticut, you know, going through the place. Hey, maybe if they can't get down there, they'll stop in New Bedford and, uh, you know, and, and enjoy New Bedford. I don't know. But, uh, again, that that is a, a draw. Hey, it's such a draw that they, uh, well, maybe it's not the Cape, but uh, the islands there, DeSantis uh, sent some of the immigrants uh, uh, up, up here to, 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 to stay, you know, that sort of stuff. So uh, everybody knows about the Cape and the islands and all that sort of stuff. And uh, it, to me, uh, uh, it's like getting punched in the face, you know, yeah. like that. And uh, all of them, all, all the delegations should be responsible, okay, if they're district or not their district, because that's going to feed the whole state, uh, having get, getting the... No, I agree. It's, the, uh, I mean, it's a, uh, I, listen, it's a big deal for me. I, I, go, I go to the Cape all the time. Well, the yeah, summer. as a young person, I do yeah. some, <laughs> some caping, too, as well. And, yeah. uh, and again, you and I both know if you want to go down there, you can go down in uh, late summer, early fall. Still not that bad to go down there, but most people from distances want to go down there in the summer, you know, yeah. that sort of stuff. And of course. Uh, this was just uh, sort of like uh, uh, Jaws. And you get nothing, you know? Yeah, like right. <laughs> All right. Okay, Marcus, I, that's my uh, two cents as I watch uh, uh, Grampy Joe president here. Uh, I, I just wish the Democrats and the Republicans would come up with some young people who had the vim and vigor of President Kennedy when he ran for president. And uh, whether you believe he did a lot or did a little, he he, he just gave the, you know, the... Well, appeal. like Get I said, Obama, Obama was supposed to be that, and it just it didn't yeah, work. Yeah, Obama wasn't, you know, it didn't have that, I, I guess, that finishing sort of thing. But who knows, you know, Obama was our first uh, black president. Maybe there were things there that might have stopped him from, you know, moving on and all that sort of stuff as as much as he would have liked to. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe that was a factor. I mean, there's a lot of speculation there by me, but uh, uh, could, that could be it, you know. Uh, but uh, I, I ju- just like to see some young, energetic people who, like, you know, JFK said, we want a new frontier, you know, we can right. get to the moon, you know, and, and all this sort of stuff, and got there later on, all right, that sort of stuff. And uh, it, was, it was just, uh, his leadership was just, uh, you know, um, energetic leadership. We, we don't have that anymore. It's the leadership of, uh, that always fighting amongst one another and and not doing you know stuff for the you know for for the people that they represent and it's all politics it's not getting things done even he's talking about all this building and stuff uh will we see it in the next two years no 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 <laughs> definitely not so it's like waiting for the christmas that never comes <laughs> oh there's some white lady there's some lady with blonde that's hair that's marjorie taylor green yeah she's screaming out <laughs> yeah. yeah and then supposedly what's his name the speaker told them to cool it to make it you know to make it look like we're all together. Look at look at the speaker's face. He's probably <laughs> embarrassed. Yeah, that's, that's his caucus. Yeah. Oh jeez. And it said before I, I watched before that he had told everybody to cool it and you know to show unity and all that sort of stuff. So so much for his uh, authority there. Even though he he sold the house. To she's get wearing the job. a ridiculous. I mean, she's 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 trying to be. It's it's very ostentatious. The coat. You know, like that yeah. coat is very ostentatious. Yeah. It's yeah. like a, a a big like Corella Deville yeah. get up. <laughs> like she's trying to be noticed with that. Well, if the coat didn't do it, I guess her mouth did. I, I didn't have it on because <laughs> yeah. I'm listening to you. That right. sort of thing. Hey, all right, Marcus, I'll let you go. Thanks so much. Hey, I appreciate nice, the call. Thanks for giving me the time. Of course, absolutely. Okay, Thank bye-bye. you. All right, I got to take another break. I'll be right back.
New Bedford's News Talk Station, 1420 WBSM. YMCA is just a starting line for the true self blooms only when we find our purpose, what makes us tick below the surface. Why is the before work hustle, an after school home, a section of my block, a corner to call my own? With my why, I stand strong, seen and supported all along. It's a million faces in a mirror, and everyone belongs. Find your why. Join today at ymca.org for a better us. Take South Coast tonight with you wherever you go. Stream Chris and Marcus on the WBSM app or get their podcast on the app at WBSM.com. Now, back to South Coast tonight. Welcome back. Um... Biden had a hilarious line. Uh, um, it was pretty funny. He put he put Kevin McCarthy to task on Social Security and Medicare. Um, it was pretty funny. He was just like, oh, I was told it wasn't, you know, because we talked to Jake Ockloss today about how they're going to cut X amount of billion dollars from X amount of hundreds of billions of dollars from the federal government, but at the same time, they're not going to cut Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, or anything like any of those programs that people like because no one would reasonably vote. Because you know, basically, you know, no one would vote for anybody that would do something like that. And Biden was just basically like, well, I've, you know, I've been told that's not a problem. <laughs> it's like, I've been told it's not a problem. Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid, I've, I've been told that's not a problem. So I think we're good. We're all set. I've been told it's not a problem. It was it was pretty funny. Took him to task on that because we know. I mean, you know, they can say what they want, but it's pretty clear. You know what's going to happen. They're going to try to cut all those programs. I mean, it wasn't that long ago where Speaker Paul Ryan wanted to privatize Medicare and Social Security. So that's that's the direction they really want to head in. So, um, but he did say he's going to veto it. Uh, he said he's going to veto any cuts to Social Security, Medicare. Um, uh, Social Security and Medicare, so we'll see. All right, 508-996-0500 is how you can join me this evening. I'll take another break. I'll be right back. 1420. Welcome back. Welcome back. Just live reacting to the State of the Union. Looking like he's talking about Tyree Nichols. Uh, Looks like he's talking about Tyree Nichols. The Nichols family is actually here. They're in attendance. They're here. They're in attendance. They're sitting there. 29-year-old Tyree Nichols, as you uh, may know, uh, was killed um, by... Memphis, uh, five Memphis police officers, uh, all of whom have been in, indicted, uh, subsequently indicted um, for uh, for for murder, for second degree murder. Um, at the very least, there's you know it's pretty brutally recounted on video. So I don't know if anything's going to be done about this. I think there was some opportunity with um, you know. George Floyd, uh, and I think that's a good conversation for another time, honestly. I could have a very lengthy conversation um, about some of the proposals that have been made in Congress and whether or not 
they would work, um, whether or not I think they would work, whether or not, you know, reform activists think that they would, um, they would work, but, uh, Kevin McCarthy can't be bothered to stand up, um, for, uh, for the Nichols family, uh, either, you know, some of this, some of this is interesting because it's, it's whether or not the speaker takes the bait. If the speaker in the opposite party takes the bait, right? Whether or not they take the bait. We got to take, let's, let's, we can fit one more call in. Good evening. Good evening. Hey, Marcus. What's up? Hey, it's uh, Sean Oliver. Are you already off the air? Uh, I am not. I was just trying to get a, a, a shameful plug of uh, the community uh, meeting at Holy Name tomorrow at 6.30. Oh, okay, yeah, I wish I knew about that sooner. So Holy Name tomorrow at 6.30 is a community meeting for uh, Ward 3? Yes. Okay, great. All right, buddy, thank you. Thanks, Sean, appreciate it. There's actually an article on with Sean Oliver on um, on South Coast tonight. You can, uh, you, you, I mean, on WBSM, you can check out. He called into South Coast tonight to give his support for Carol Pimentel for Ward Three City Council. Uh, I mean, uh, for for New Bedford um, for New Bedford Vogue Tech School Committee, he's running for Ward Three City Council. Carmen Amaral said she supported him as well. We're having a debate in two weeks on February 22nd. So uh, you have to stay tuned for that. Um, but that's it for tonight. I will um, see you guys tomorrow. Chris will be.